And Paul, I know, bought. Amen. I when I when I do that dramatic pause, that's your turn to read or to say something. Amen. And usually it's the next significant thing that's coming up in the scripture. Amen. So we're going to try that again. This will be good teaching, good training. Evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who I need. Amen. You may be seated. I am grateful that Brother Wilhoyd asked me to come up. I'm very honored. It is, a, it is a very serious matter to stand in another man's pulpit, to enter into his work, and to, and to be that, that, that substitute, if you will. Um, I feel that he is an amazing man of God, and that he has an excellent family. I just, I just am humbled to have been asked this morning. Uh, most of you know who I am. Uh, some of you may not, um, uh, so I'll let you know who I am. Um, brother and Sister Wilhoyt's daughter, Laura, is married to my son, and I'm Josiah's dad, so amen. Talking about missionaries, they're missionaries to Disney and SeaWorld. <laughs> Praise God. From the, I'm the pastor down in Auburn. My wife sends her greetings to church in Auburn, the Apostolic Lighthouse Church, sends their greetings to you this morning. And my wife is there helping out with the service. Um, I lean on Brother Harlow to take the service this morning. And sometimes Brother Harlow, sometimes Brother Hayes um, down in Portland. And so, although, though my son and daughter-in-law are now in the deep south, I guess I'm a southern preacher. Southern but... That's who I am. So you're stuck with me this morning. And praise God. Now that I've told you who I am, I am going to tell you, forget that. Forget all of that. And really, who I am is not important this morning. The devil speaking through this man asked these exorcists, a question. Who are you? Actually, he was challenging them. He was conjoling them into making their identities known. The truth of the matter is, this question was to tempt them to sin. And the question he asks of you and of me, who are you, is to tempt us to sin. And we need to be aware of even these subtle devices of the enemy. What is important is not who am I or who are you, not what my name is or what your name is. That's not important. What is important is who knows your name. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that in a little while. I really, 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 do not want to have any type of relationship with the devil. I don't want any relationship with the world or the things of this world. I do not want to be on a first name basis with the enemy. I don't want that type of relationship. We are given power to 
overcome the enemy. Get them out of the way so we can teach and preach and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. We will not convert devils. We don't want to spend any time doing that. We just get them out of the way. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we can cast out devils. Cast them out. Get them out of the way. And get to the people who need to hear about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. When the devil knew my name, that meant my life was a mess. Amen. When the devil knew your name, your life was a mess. In Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, I'm the type of preacher too that you're going to need your Bible close at hand. Don't put it away because you're going to practice finding your Bible scripture this morning. Amen. Wherein in times past ye walked according to. Amen. Gonna try that again. Remember when I do that dramatic pause. It's for you. Read the next significant part of the scripture. Can you hear me okay? Am I too loud? Okay. I get excited and I get loud. And really, I don't need the mic, but I'll talk into the mic. Amen. My wife keeps telling me we got a smaller sanctuary and I echo. Amen. Wherein in times past ye walked according to. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were even as others. When the devil knew our name and knew who we were, we were his kids. We were his children. And by nature, we did the things that the devil wanted us to. That was normal in a world of darkness. That was normal in a world of sin. And to us, it seemed right. That's just who we were. We were his kids and behaved like his kids. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, dropping down now to verse 11. Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called on circumcision by that which is the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant, having no hope, and without God. <coughs> we had nothing. We had nothing to look forward to, nothing to hope in, nothing to hang on to, and our prospects in the future were as bleak as they were yesterday. Truly, this is an accurate description of who we were. Amen. It's important to understand that as children of the devil, we were enemies of God. 
that as children of the devil, he was our God. The things of the world were the idols we worshipped. Amen. And here, we were without Christ, without God, having no hope in this world. And when we not only did not know the name of God, we may have taken that name in vain. We may have used it as a, as a swear word. When we were out there behaving like children of the devil, God was putting into action his plan to rescue us. Amen. In Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5 beginning in verse 8. Romans chapter 5 beginning in verse 8. To me, this particular passage speaks directly to me. Amen. If I were to have lived back then, the chances of me being anywhere near Jerusalem was slim. The chances of you being anywhere near a preacher was slim. Amen. The chances of us being idol worshippers was pretty great. And we would have thought that was the way we did things. Verse 8, but God commended his love toward us. Enemies of God. Children of his enemy. And God, instead of his wrath, commended his love toward us. That while we were Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if, for if when we were enemies, enemies, and in this particular case, not just sinners, not just the lost, not just a stranger, What do you do with an enemy? You crush them so that they are no longer your enemy. Because if you allow an enemy to continue, they will behave like an enemy. But the way that God dealt with us was not as man deals with his enemy. But God dealt with us this way. When we were his enemy, we were reconciled to God. Amen. Praise God. By the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me. With his redeeming blood. 
chapter 2, picking up in verse 13. But now in Christ, ye who sometimes were far off are by the blood of Christ. Amen. Praise God. Enemies enemies that the Lord said come close come now those sins the iniquity all of the things that you have done in times past I'm just going to wash away with my blood I'm just going to take care of it with my blood you are not going to be an enemy any longer come close thank you Jesus for the spirit of adoption Thank you, Jesus, for the spirit of adoption. Amen. How God deals with his enemies. Jumping back up to the top of Ephesians. It's a chapter, it's a verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. But God, who is for his great love, Wherewith, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise God. You may be wondering, what does these scriptures have to do with the question that the devil was asking at the beginning. You may be saying, what is the connection here? Truly, Jesus is the one I want to have a relationship with. He is the one who I want to have that first name basis relationship that he would know my name. That he would be my Savior. Amen. He was rich in mercy to me, rich in mercy to you. Amen. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are Amen. There's that dramatic pause. For by grace are that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Amen. Praise God. It is the gift of God. 
God found us right where we were at, face down lying in a mud puddle in the deepest, darkest place of the world. Each one of us has a testimony. Each one of us has a person we left behind on the other side of Calvary. It is that person that Jesus found. It is that old man that Jesus rescued. That when we were brought forward, we were changed. We were different. We were born again. That old things have passed away. All things have become new. Amen. Praise God. It is easy to love Jesus after a time of repentance. It is easy to follow the Lord when the Holy Ghost is fresh. And when the Holy Ghost stays fresh in our lives, it is easy to serve God. Amen. But if we let down, if we start looking sideways, if we start having a relationship with the world again after we have come to Calvary, trouble begins. There is an event that took place in Peter's life that too often is repeated in our lives. In Matthew chapter 20, uh, Matthew chapter 14. Beginning in verse 24, Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 24, I am going to use this account to, to kind of illustrate what I'm talking about this morning. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, kind of coming in halfway, Jesus told them to to go over to the other side. While they're going over to the other side, the, the waves started tossing the ship about. The winds were contrary. And in the fourth watch, about 3 a.m. of the night, Jesus went unto them. Unto them. They're in a situation where they're not making headway. They're in a situation where they're a little tiny boat. I don't know how big the boat was, actually. Um, I checked on Instagram and on Facebook, and there's no pictures. Nobody took a selfie that night. <laughs> so they're in a boat. And they're on the, on the sea. And the waves are contrary. My youngest son, Caleb, lives in Chicago. And right next to him is one of the lakes. And that lake is bigger than the sea that we're talking about. But you can't see across. It's, it's, you get out there and you can't see the other shore. And so they're out there with nothing to hang on to. The wind is blowing. The waves are tossing the ship. And Jesus is walking directly toward them. Jesus is walking directly toward them. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out in fear. The Lord found us when we were in darkness. The Lord found us when each shadow 
in the darkness represented something we didn't like. We jumped at the shadows. We cried out because of the shadows. And even the shadow of Jesus gave us, gave us a bit of fear. Amen. But straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be all it is I, be not afraid. Amen. Into our darkness, when we were surrounded by madness, comes Jesus Christ. Amen. Rescuing us. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Amen. All ye that are struggling this morning, that Jesus, be of good cheer. He knows right where you're at. <coughs> Continuing on to verse 28. Jesus answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. <coughs> when you have experienced the Holy Ghost in its fullness, there is not a devil that you can't stone. There is not a mountain that you can't command to move out of the way. There is not an ocean you cannot walk across. You are full of the Spirit and can do amazing things in Jesus. pure and simple relationship with Jesus headed toward the Lord walking on the water. Amen. And we get excited and we're supposed to get excited. We get thrilled and we are able to do wonderful things. Lay hands on people. Amen. Cast out devils. Heal the sick. Amen. Do the work of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And when you are on fire, amen, there is nothing that can stop you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Stay in that place. Amen. Stay in that place. Too often we become like Peter. The devil comes around. Who are you? 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 Amen. He begins to poke at you in your mind. He begins to feel out any type of weakness that you might have. He begins to torment you and to get you to get your eyes off Jesus. Amen. Maybe this month there's not enough money to pay bills. Maybe this month is the month that you got the bad news. Help. There's something wrong. Doctor needs to talk to you and run a few more tests. Something didn't look right. Maybe it's a relative. Calls up. Bad news. Torment. Torment. Get your eyes off Jesus. Talk to you a little bit and say, if, if you're really who you think you are, why are these bad things happening? 
You jump out of the truck, you jump into the truck and you're thinking, I'm just, I'm going to go visit them in the hospital. And you turn the key and your engine makes that funny sound. One thing after another. You're running this way, you're running that way. And your mind begins to race. And in verse 30, and when Peter saw the wind boisterous, when the wind caught Peter's attention, when the turmoil caught Peter's attention, when the bad news wouldn't stop coming, when this wouldn't stop happening, when each thing began to close in around Peter, He was afraid and beginning to sink. Peter took his eyes off Jesus and started looking again at the things of the world, the things that were going on. He began to compare himself back to the things that were tormenting him. When we were in the world, we had absolutely no control over the things going on in our lives. And the things that shackled us had power over us. We walked according to the power of the course of the world, of the prince, of the power of the air. Amen. Peter began to compare himself back to the wind back to the things going on and he started to sink. Anyone relate to what Peter's going through? Amen. Victory on Sunday, sinking on Monday. Amen. Hearing the wind, he began to sink. Peter cried out to Jesus. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again, and he caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him. And He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Thank you, Jesus, that in the midst of our boisterous winds, in the midst of the turmoil, you are right there. You are able. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. And if there is a, a half verse that you should memorize. It would be 
the first part of verse 31. Amen. Peter cries out, Lord, save me. And immediately, immediately. Jesus yes. stretched forth his hand and caught him. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. I am not going to tell you there's not going to be any trouble in your life. I'm smart enough to know and experienced enough to know bad things will happen. Amen. Cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. And immediately he stretched forth. Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Amen. Memorize that. Memorize that. And when the bad news comes, think about that. Cry out to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. How close was the Lord? I have no idea at the beginning. However, I do know that in the, in the point where Peter was sinking, Jesus was close enough to grab a hold of him. Amen. Amen. What was Jesus standing on that he was able to hold Peter up out of the waves? What supported Jesus to protect him from the wind? He's God manifest in the flesh. That's right. Amen. He created this world. He is greater than anything that we are going to face. Amen. He said unto Peter, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Amen. In another account where the Lord did something similar, he said there was a great calm. There was a great calm. Praise God. The enemy wants nothing more than to cause you to begin to fear. Fear has torment. And if he can twist that knife, and if he could destroy your faith, he'll do whatever it takes. Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Cry out. Don't be ashamed to cry out to Jesus. Lord, save me. And you will find, like Peter, you're close enough to the Lord for him to literally reach out and catch you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And when you have invited him back into your ship, when you have invited him back into your ship, there will be peace. There will be a great calm. All of those troubles, he can take care of. He's God. Amen. The song said, somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. He's God. He chooses. Amen. Listening to, to the testimony of, of the, uh, the senior lady who has cancer. We had a man in our church who had cancer. And we were praying with him and working with him. He had the Holy Ghost. And he, he, uh, he's passed on now. But he told, he told about his treatment. And as we were talking to him about it, he said, Pastor, 
They do not allow just anybody to go into certain treatment areas, into certain recovery rooms. He says, I believe that I'm going through this so that I can go in and tell them about Jesus. That I can share my testimony to them where only I can go. And we look at that and we say, why, Lord, why me? And maybe you are chosen for a moment to be that missionary to other cancer patients. You might be the missionary to that other treatment place that not anybody can go to, but God has opened the door to you specifically through a particular way. God can save in a moment's time. Amen. He is the original equipment manufacturer. Amen. Amen. And I'd rather be in Jesus' garage getting repaired. Amen. Praise God. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them. I want Jesus to know my name. I want to have that relationship with Jesus Christ that he knows my name. It is important that we are his. That Jesus knows who we are. When we repented, he forgave us the sins that we had committed. If we slip and fall down, and we confess to him, he's going to forgive us again. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we were baptized, we took on his name. Who are you? You don't need to know who I am. Just know who dad is. Amen. Amen. We took on his name. And when we were filled with the Holy Ghost, we became his. Praise God. The only thing the enemy needs to know is that I belong to Jesus. That I belong to Jesus. Amen. I'm his. And the Lord does not suffer his own to be touched by the enemy. Quickest way to get the Lord upset is to touch his kids. Amen. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. It's time to make a concerted effort and a very important decision to stop having relationships with the enemy. Anything that is in the world, we need to get rid of. It will be an avenue for the devil to come back in. It will be that way, that door, that we can open up to the enemy. We need to stop doing that. We belong to Jesus Christ. And while we were his enemies, he came and died for us. We need, amen, 
have that uncompromised relationship with Jesus Christ. Why is that so important? Well, first and foremost, we belong to him. Second, it was his blood that us. And third, the way that he created us is that, like what Brother Perkins was saying this morning, where your heart is, where your focus is, that's where you're going to get joy. That's the things that you're going to hang on to. Jesus put it this way, Matthew chapter 6, amen, verse 21. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. For where your heart is, I'm sorry, for where your there will your heart be also. Amen. Where your treasure is. You got treasure this morning? And I know we're in church, and so we're all going to say the things that we're supposed to say in church. But if we take inventory, what sort of things do we like? What sort of things do we put our efforts into? Where is those things that our treasures are? Amen. If we were to open up your Instagram page, what would it declare? your treasures to be. If we were to examine your Facebook posts, what would it declare your treasures to be? If we were to look at the, amen, open up your phone, your texts, amen, I got my phone turned off so you can't see, amen, I'm not exempt. But if we were to look at your texts, what would it declare your treasures to be? For where your treasures are, that's where your heart is also. Amen. We need that uncompromised relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Truth is, the things that are important to me, the things that are important to you, are your treasures. I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea. About the angels singing and the old redemption score. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I and all my love is due. Yeah. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. Thank you, Jesus, for a home that you have prepared. Thank you, Jesus.
for that home over yonder. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have given to us. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Let's stand together. I've got one more verse to give to you this morning. But I want to sing that first verse one more time before we read the last scripture. Victory in Jesus, we're going to sing verse one again. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning, that I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. say it like you're the preacher. Like you're the Sunday night preacher on a special. Set your Sloshing around in the mud puddle one more time. He's there. And set your affections on things above. Not on things amen, on the earth. For ye are dead. The old man, the people we used to be, we're dead. Gone. Old things passed away. Amen. And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is, when Christ who is shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him 
Of all our unrighteousness. 